Hi, this isn't your normal opening. We'll get right back into the episode real quick. But this is a quick disclaimer. Um, This one's going to have a bit of cursing in it as well as gun talk and military stuff. If you're uncomfortable with that, please click away. But I'd love if you still listen. Just a quick disclaimer that this is going to be covering a bit more adult content. Um, So yeah, but I hope you enjoy the rest of this and have a good rest of your day. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Makai, your podcast guy, and today we're going to be talking about something very special with a very special guest. I have my older brother, Sion Owens. Please introduce yourself to the wonderful people. Hello, I'm Sion Owens. I just recently got back from AIT and basic training from Georgia, and I got it all done in one shot, one kill. Nice, nice, nice. Now, tell all the amazing people where you're stationed out here in Washington. Out here in Washington, I'm stationed in the National Guard Armory in Kent. That's cool. Close to home, nice, easy to get to, you know? Um, So what was it like just starting boot camp? I mean, not necessarily because you didn't just go straight to Georgia. You had drill weekends. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So the whole transition from National Guard was pretty nice. Going to drill each weekend of each month, it was nice to get to know, you know, rappelling and learning about a whole bunch of different other things. Uh, so just for us who don't really know what's like how the whole military process goes you want to give us a quick breakdown from like starting out to going to Georgia how did that whole process build up okay so first what you want to do you obviously want to talk to your recruiter see um, answer your questions and get interested in everything after that your recruiter will take you to MEPS or something and let you get a ASVAB score and you can also take medical screen testing they also go through a whole bunch of different crap like you have to sign a bunch of fucking paperwork and it's really long it is actually terrible and after signing all that stupid bullshit over there at MEPS what you want to do is you're gonna get you know well for National Guard people you're gonna be drilling for the weekends you're gonna get more uh, well accumulation of knowledge of what you want to do and where you're going to do what you're going to do when you get there after that uh after going to meps and everything and doing all your drills you obviously have the awaited date of fucking shipping off and going to goddamn boot camp wherever you're going whether that be osa which is combined you do just all of it in one shot basic training in ait or you could have your, you just go to basic training, come back, fuck around a little bit with your drills, and then you can go back and go back to the grind and do AIT, which AIT is so much goddamn better because fucking you get to go screw off with your buddies on the weekends at the rec center. That's what I saw most of the, um, let's see, tank mechanics and all these other AIT people do. Meanwhile, while I was in OSA, I just got to sit down and, you know, like stay in the bay and like keep up the fucking grind and like study and then clean is oh it was bad so what was it like uh, just transitioning right out of high school into the military just like word of like what's what's advice for doing that something that you could have done better or something that you know if people are thinking of that should do well like what uh, you know everybody keeps saying just keep asking questions you want to keep yourself informed like that's what I didn't really do for myself I didn't keep myself that much informed but I that's kind of how I live my life I just jump into shit and just kind of you know go with the flow I mean yeah no I know you for that one that's that's very very true um, but with just being in the military and stuff like that how do you think that's you know changed your view on things or how it's changed how you 
you know, take on life? Well, I've obviously, you know, I've always had a lot of drive and everything. I think that just, you know, the military reinforced that. And just going there and meeting a whole bunch of different people from all sides of the world. I met people from Peru, Brazil, this fucking whatever fuck country called Moldova that's near <laughs> Romania or some shit. And like just talking to those people and seeing what they do and how their cultural, like how they were raised, like you just get a different perspective. It's very eye-opening. That's really cool. I mean, a lot of people, they have the view that military is very like, oh, you go there, I'm working out, I'm dying, I'm crying, and that's it. Well, I mean, you just explained to me how it's, you know, clashing of culture, you get to meet so many different people, it's very eye-opening in the sense of you get to see so many things and experience many different things. I mean, it just sounds really like a life experience. I mean, not necessarily one for me, it's not for everybody, because, you know, you have to be physically fit, mentally fit, and spiritually fit to be able to do that kind of a thing so how are you feeling going into uh the military like did you did your expectations change like what were your thoughts on it before you even went into it well before i even went into it like a few years earlier i thought the military was some stupid bullshit you just sent some grunts in and they go and go like haha and you go get more people you know but um well i after all this i just I just really liked it. I saw it. It was very eye-opening. I saw, you know, uh, all the sites, and I got to meet a whole bunch of different people, and, like, it just, it really changed my perspective, and I'm really happy that I did what I did. That's really good. That's really good. I mean, coming out of an experience like that with a very positive outlook is really awesome. Just, you know, being able to do that. A lot of people think of just the military as some big old, what you said, like grunts, just going in there, you know, I go in there, I get big, I train, I fight, I come back. There's a lot more to it. There's a mental aspect. There's It's a way to live. I mean, uh, you were stationed out in Fort Benning in Georgia, is that correct? Yes, Fort Benning, Georgia, also known as the goddamn hellhole. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and when when I went over to visit, when we went over to go pick you up, it was like a mini town. Like when you hear Fort, you don't you think just oh it's a big old building where everyone's stationed. No, it was like what kind of stuff did you have in Fort Benning? Because I saw a gas station going in there. There's a whole bunch of gas stations. There's just a bunch of different facilities. There's also gyms and you know you have obviously the px's stuff which are just giant like what fucking supermarkets it's really nice you there's a lot of stuff tattoo parlors near the base there's a shit ton of tattoo parlors near the base you got like tattoo parlors you got strip clubs obviously and you got all this other shit <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I wouldn't expect there to be strip clubs near a military base, but that's that's cool. Oh no, there are a lot strip a lot of strip clubs near military bases. I'll have you know, like, oh my god. Well, all, all right, all right. So, uh, just a little bit. What was life like um, being on base? What was it like just living? Like, give me a day by day. Okay. Well, as a trainee, it fucking sucks. It really fucking sucks. But red phase, so you have red phase. Red phase, that was absolute dick. You just got dicked down every fucking day. It didn't even matter if it was nighttime. I remember one night I got woken up and like the drill sergeant was just like, all right, front leg rest position, move. And we did like 82 pushups. And then I walked my merry ass back to bed. After that, you have white phase, which is, you know, you'd think red phase would be the hardest, but no, no, no. It's white phase because you have time to think and you have a lot of time to think about home and it just makes you want to fucking quit. It's 
it's really sad. It's really depressing that phase because you're just you go to the range. It's hot as fuck, and you go you shoot, you clean your rifles, and you talk about stupid bullshit and how you're depressed about home. After that, you have blue phase. Blue phase is a little bit better because you're like, oh, I'm working towards family day. Let's have a little fun. All right, you get all your freaking um. Well, uh, wait, what do you say? It's your the stuff you need to do, you get all the stuff you need to do done in that like specific week. And then you have your inspection before. We won the inspection streamer, but apparently the first sergeant says that shit didn't count. So we didn't get honor platoon. That sucks balls. Because, you know, ah, fuck me. And after blue phase, you have black phase. And because blue phase is the phase you graduate, that's when you graduate basic and everything, and then you can go on family day. Black phase is part of the AIT portion, so is gold phase. So black phase, you're doing a whole bunch of fun shit. You kind of have more freedoms and everything. In white phase, you got to, well, they told us to run back, but nobody ever fucking did. It's just walk back in a straight line from Chow. And uh, black phase, you got to, you had your FTXs, and we also had live fire. So during live fire, I loaded. If you're a good, if you're a good person, then you can go on all these cool little details and just like you know fuck off and not have to wait and be bored all the time. But I got to load like thousands of rounds, like 50 cal rounds. I get to load 7.62. Um, I also got to load these 25 Mike Mike, which is for the Bradley. The Bradley, oh my God, we made like belts of like 200 rounds and we need like six people to carry these things. So then we can load them up on the Bradley in the whatever odd fucking fashion it was. It's terrible, but it was also fun just like kind of shooting the Bradley because I'm medium cab. So I only get to fuck with strikers and Humvees really. And it was it was just really fun. And gold phase. Oh, the all the way to gold phase. All these other troops, they got to fucking, you know, go around and go like, hey yeah, I get my phone. Or fucking you had some people in like the other phases, they went to like what? They went to the infantry museum. You had some go to a luau. And meanwhile, I'm in my troop. It really honestly really depends on the troop you go to because you have 515 which is oh my god i don't know it's undisciplined as fuck over there because you have all the ladies and you have the guys and it just gets all crazy because it's mixed over there and then you have 215 which is ours well this is just currently talking from my experience but we you have ours they're more disciplined because they don't have the ladies over there you know distraction and um but they got to go and do all this fun shit. Meanwhile, my troop just stayed and we like barely ever got our phones or anything. It was strict as fuck over there. You like, I don't know. I got in the strict, like a strict ass platoon. I was in fourth platoon, death troopers. But, um, fucking, <laughs> uh, it is super strict. My, uh, drill sergeant basically said, you gotta be perfectly fast. Shared misery builds camaraderie, which was, oh, that was depressing. But, um, yeah, we just had to be, we were hold to, held to a higher standard and everything. So we couldn't have pictures in our lockers. We couldn't even do anything the other platoons did. And especially for the like troop level, like we couldn't do anything the other troops did. It was, it was fucking dumb. And um, so talking about Goldface, all the other troops, they got their phones and everything. They got to, you know, screw around for a bit. They, like the other troop, the troop after us got to Goldface before we did. We didn't turn into Goldface until after the ruck. Dude, while we were in Goldface, they turned to Goldface like before the ruck, before they even did like, what? Live fire and go to an FTX. It was, we were pissed. It was fucking stupid. All right, but 
gold phase, long wave phase, it's the less phase, also the most boring phase, you know, you have to clean and clean, move weapons, all this other shit, prepare for when you're basically gonna leave and the drill sergeants don't give a fuck about you anymore and you can be your own little hoo-ah soldier. Hoorah. Okie dokie. That's a really like in-depth day-by-day of your entire process, which is really interesting. I mean, you don't usually get that insight into that kind of military life. I mean, it's fresh. You just got out of it. Um, just talking back to guns. So what was it like being able to shoot, handle, load those kinds of weapons being in the military? I mean, you use a lot of military terminology that I'm guessing a lot of people don't know, and especially like using mics and stuff like that, the military alphabet. I mean, especially at our age with you being two years older than me, like a lot of us have not handled guns. What's it like? What's that experience like? Okay, well, first of all, I'll tell you, if you call it a gun in basic training or AIT, you're gonna get fucked up. It's a weapon. They really emphasize that shit. It was, uh, it was fucking rough. But going back to talking about the weapons, so loading the weapon systems, it wasn't too bad. You got to work with different types of ammo and everything. And talking about mics and stuff like that, uh, it's M, but we say M as mic. So for 25 mic mic, like I said earlier, it's actually 25 millimeter or 5.56, which is 5.56 millimeter or 7.62, which is 7.62 millimeter, and so on and so forth, because 0.50 cal, 0.50 cal, it's just a 50 caliber round. But um, working with the weapons, they were a bitch to clean, I'll tell you that. It was fun shooting them, but they were, uh, they were fucking, those things were never clean. You could clean it, you're basically, what your drill sergeant would tell you if they wanted you to fucking just like waste your whole fucking day, they'd tell you, okay, so, when your rifle's clean or when your weapon's clean, go ahead and tell me and I'll go ahead and check it. And no, no, that's what we said. We said it was never clean because it never fucking is. There's always one little spot on the damn rifle or whatever, the 50 cal, the Mark 19. The Mark 19 just has like, well, we just called it like elephant cum, like all over it. It's like, it's like this weird like lubricant or something like that. And it, it'll give you cancer if you like touch it, like if you touch it a lot with your hands and stuff like that. So that, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but um, moving on. Yeah, th they were a real bitch to clean. It was it was actually terrible. But um, like actually, when you got to firing them, you just like as a person who's never fired a rifle or held a weapon in their life, really, it it was a really fun and exhilarating experience. I never really like I could I knew they were dangerous and everything, but I just I just felt at peace with it. You know, just holding the weapon. I know like just be safe with weapon follow all your weapon safety stuff and your drill sergeants won't probably kick you in the face there you go but um as far like because we had this thing called weapons immersion so you had to carry your m4 like everywhere with you and you'd always i'd always have to get accountability to weapons well that was for the last two weeks when i was pg but you always had to get accountability of your weapons and make sure you never leave your weapons anymore anywhere because if you leave them anywhere oh oh you get fucked up you get fucked up real bad. You get messed up. You get scuffed up. There are a couple of times where I just got scuffed up bad, but like we'll we'll leave that for a later note. Alright, so you know, key points. Guns can be fun. Gun safety is even better. In the military, take care of your guns. Because <coughs> weapon. Weapon, sorry. Take care of your weapon. Because it's very important 
to pay attention to that. I mean, keeping that in mind on a daily basis. I mean, weapon safety is very key. And uh, that, that idea, they are weapons. They are destructive. But people use them. And, I mean, this is a war-based thing. I mean, this is like, it's war. It's military. It's what you're training for. So it's really interesting seeing that kind of thing. I mean, especially with the terminology. I mean, you hear Mike Mike, and that's for millimeter. I mean, just the... Um, the alphabet, the military alphabet, it's a subset of what American language is, and it's crazy, because I mean, I was looking at it, you know, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, like, they use it because you need to understand the letters. I mean, have you found yourself sometimes, like, trying to say uh, letters or something like that, spell something out, and it's really hard for someone else to hear it, because, you know, B's sound the same as V's or P's or something like P's and D's, you know, they get really mixed up. So adding that adds clarity, which is really, really great. I mean, just in a military standpoint to have that clarity, that's a really key thing. And then moving on off of the topic of guns, how is it like just workout wise, physically um, getting into that and your kinds of workouts that you're doing in National Guard? Okay, so as for the workouts, you got worked out a lot. It was really physical, especially in red phase you just wake up you do push-ups you go somewhere you do push-ups maybe some mountain climbers or something like that but it is a lot of you you work out for your mistakes or something like that or the worst type of thing was like the worst fuck up is when they make you do nothing they they just make you stand in a hallway and stare at each other and you just oh it is terrible it like it's the mind games not even the physical or anything it's the mind games but sorry i'm swerving off topic a little bit but going back to the physical aspect yeah i did a lot of push-ups i did a whole bunch of like sit-ups and stuff like that in the morning you do pt it could be any number of things which is the same fucking rotation of things um you could do push-up and sit-up drills you we did a lot of running too which um Sometimes we have our three-mile run, which is the lion's run, and basically uh, it's called esprit de corps. It, it involves that, and basically what that is is like just a whole bunch of like yelling and getting like all hyped up. Is just like singing cadences and running stuff like that, just getting loud. I know on my first lion's run, I don't know what the heck happened with that troop. I think it was Alpha Troop, but like some of the people, they were running and they just like passed out. I guess because they were like yelling so hard or something like that. They like fell out and then <laughs> we're just running past them, running around them and shit like that. It was uh, it was definitely an experience. But um, we don't do the three mile run all the time. Usually we do 60 120s. That's our run. Or we do a constant run, which is for like 15 minutes, stuff like that. Um, we also did pull up. Uh, pull-up drills we did a lot of strength and conditioning and we did a lot of individual movement drills and we also did like um, think uh, movement drills just like doing like high knees stuff uh, doing shuttle sprint and then you also had like this weird thing which is the lateral um, after the lateral thing is just ugh, it is fucking bad I mean, that's just like really cool. Just looking at not just the physical, but the mental aspect that you mentioned as well. But the one point that I really want to focus on is the cadence, the singing that you're talking about. Because I mean, we had a bit of a personal conversation about it, about some of the types of songs and stuff that you guys would sing. What's it like just like singing and that kind of a thing? What's it like just singing? Well, we kind of sang like all the time, like after, like, I don't know about my platoon. Well, for the other platoons, 
But in my platoon, I know in the shower, we'd be singing songs like all the time, just like regular songs. We just sing in the shower and we'd all sing together. We'd sing like fucking country roads or some shit, some gay shit like that. Or we'd sing like all these old like 2000 songs, where the hell, like replay. Like, I. <laughs> Is it's just trying to keep morale up basically. That's that's what it mostly was about. Just trying to keep your morale and motivation for everything. So you'd sing a little song or you'd say some whatever fucking phrase and repeat after and you'd just get hyped as fuck. Cause I know one cadence that everybody liked was sitting around talking to Joe. That's one uh one of the cadences that um one of my drill sergeants did. It was pretty nice. Just like sitting around talking to Joe. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. Army recruiter walks up to me. Son, what do you want to be? I looked him dead in the eye. I'm tired of living, I want to die. He cracked a smile and laughed at me. Fort Benning's the home of the infantry. Oh, hella, oh, hella, oh, hella, hell, the infantry. Fuck that shit, I'm cavalry. Basically, shit like that. It's, it was really nice. It, it got your motivation up. You got to do a whole bunch of stupid ass songs like "My Girl's a Vegetable" or something like that. Something stupid. It's it, it was it was really funny. It was, it, there are a lot of different songs for a lot of different occasions. Well, all right. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, that's that's crazy. Yeah, no, like just I'm sorry. I'm just trying to process like. The singing and the the cadences are that's really interesting. Like a really interesting aspect. I mean, a lot of people they don't look at the mental part of being in the military. A lot of people see it as you know you're physically doing something. You go hoorah, you know, go run, go lift something, be Superman. But the mental aspect is very important too, especially with the morality. I mean, that's why you had you know bards in war. You had people who played music. I mean, we did it in like the Civil War. You had drummers, you had trumpeters. You can bring that back because it's such a key component in life. I mean, entertainment is so important in what we do. I mean, you can see it in the military just throughout the ages, not just in, you know, modern warfare, but also Mm -hmm. in, you know, older times, Renaissance, even like during the Civil War and stuff like that. That entertainment is a key part in in American life and in the world life. I mean, people see it as a key center part. I mean, it's put along with shelters, put along with food because you need people's sanity. You need people that want to be there. I mean, there's there's people like you're out there. I mean, how long how long was it that you were at Fort Benning? Uh, That would be four months. Yeah. Four months away from, I mean, your family doing that kind of a thing is it's I mean, it might be hard on the mind. You might get a little homesick, that kind of a thing. Um, how did you guys find solace in each other um, rather than, like, while being away? What were some other things that you did morally-wise rather than just saying? Well, other things we would do is we'd talk to each other. Obviously, we like, when someone was feeling down or something like that, they were feeling depressed, we'd talk to them. We'd make sure, we reassure them. Because, you know, you're going to go see your family. You're just doing this for a little bit. It's a one-time fucking thing. Well, AIT isn't. You could switch jobs and do another one and be gone for a little bit. But it's a one-time thing. Basic training is a one-time thing unless you leave the military for a long time. Then you have to do basic training. Yeah, fuck that. Or become a drill sergeant. Fuck that. But, um, yeah, we talked to each other and we just... We really, we played games or something like that, like, cause there's not much to do around the bay except like talk, work out, clean. I mean, we found, 
we just found our own ways to make our shitty situation less shitty. That's a good way to put it. Make your, you know, that situation a little bit better. That's good. That's good. Um, one of the things that you told me, which I'd like to ask you, and I don't know if you're going to answer this, is um, certain Sundays that you were off for religious reasons. So I heard that there is a Protestant church and that there's a Jewish church that you can choose to or go to neither. So would you like to tell the amazing people where you went and why? Okay, so first I'll say um, the different places you could go to the different religious services you obviously had your jewish service you had your protestant service you had muslim and then you also had mormon i think those were the only ones that were offered and basically the ones the one i went to at first i went to protestant all right i went to protestant i sang songs maybe cried a little bit because i was getting pretty emotional but after that after the fact I found out about, I guess you could call this blessing. I, I got a vision, all right? Uh, this blessing called Jewish Church, all right? Jewish Church, a lot of people will, like knock me down because like so many fucking people go to Jewish Church. It's it's funny. Like I, okay, I personally, I didn't go for the service, all right? I mean, I know there's a fucking bagel at the end, but I don't give a fuck about that. I personally went for uh, just the bus ride and going to sleep and stuff like that. It gave me gave me peace of mind it was it was nice having time to myself and just you know sleeping because you don't get a lot of that you don't get a lot of sleep at a uh, basic training or AIT for that matter of fact but um yeah the bagels yeah a lot of singing like it, I I really I thought the singing was weird because it was in a different language but I mean if Jewish is your cup of tea, my, my bad, I'm sorry. I just only went for one little soul thing. I mean, you know, that's you. That's you. You found what you liked and you found one thing that you could do. I mean, it's good. I mean, I mean, again, going back to the military, a lot of people think of it as a bad option, but it's a good one um, in the sense that, I mean, just going out of high school or going into it in general, I mean, there's good financial aid. I mean, you can do USAA now, which is cool, which I, I can't do really because, you know, I'm not in the military. But um, you get a lot of opportunities, and then even in the military, representation is cool. And that's that's a really interesting is diversity. You talked about you got to meet people from all over. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different religious groups with all the different kinds of religious services you can go to. What was it like being in that kind of melting pot? Yeah, kind of melting pot. It was pretty nice. You obviously, like I said before, you get your different perspectives and everything. But you also had people who had... I guess a different experience for basic training. You could talk to whoever the hell and you could just like, you could just find a different experience. Cause I know everyone has had different experiences. And like, you could go to somebody and be like, what the fuck, you did that? No fucking way. Or you'd be like, oh my God, I did that too. That's cool. I mean, you can find that kind of connection in that and then learning new things especially. And uh, I heard from you that one of your favorite parts of trading, which I fear is very weird for others, was what? Oh, that was the infamous gas chamber. Please explain to the people what you did in the gas chamber. Okay, so when we got there first, I mean, like, you had a briefing, obviously, a safety briefing. As with all the military shit, you have a safety briefing and you have all this other shit to inform you. 
that I played with C4, that was pretty fun. We had we obviously had a safety briefing for that. But going back on to chemicals and me fucking choking. But um, so you got there, you got your safety briefing, you wait in line. After waiting in line for your infamous time to come in the chamber, they tell you, okay, go to this wall, other, time, other side, go to this wall. And when they put the tablet in, like they, it's, it's a tablet, it's like a, I forget what it's fucking called, but it's a tablet and it burns in like this pot thing or whatever the hell, that's what they did, what they did. They, uh, they gave obviously like uh, less than the average dosage stuff. So when that tablet, that little like piece of the tablet started burning, you could feel like a burning sensation on your, like, you know, your open areas where the skin was. And just, it just felt like burning. I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. And then they get you off the wall, get you in a line, because obviously your gas mask has to be cleared and everything. They give you a gas mask for this, but you're going to have to take it off. After taking it off, your gas mask, they... It's fucking, it's fucking dumb. It really is fucking dumb. But after taking off your gas mask, you're obviously exposed to chemicals. And I felt a burning sensation on my face. It was a very quite tingly, like, I guess, cinnamony burning sensation I would... That's how I would fucking explain it. But after that, they make you, after you take your gas mask off, you have to have your eyes open for this, granted, so your eyes are burning a bit. But you say the soldier's creed. So I was like, I'm an American soldier. I'm a warrior and a member of a team. And then I breathed in. I breathed in. After breathing in, it was like fucking game over. You're like, ah, 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 ah. you can barely fucking breathe. It's, and they tell you to run out. And so you run out the fucking door. They're like, go, go, go. You go, you run out the door, you have to make sure your mask was closed or like your, uh, the case for the mask was closed. Cause if you didn't have it closed or you didn't have anything proper, then you had to go in again for the whole, so experience that whole fucking thing again. But you run out, you're like, oh shit, it's fucking, it hurts, oh, it's burning. But as you're going, you have to run and you have to flap your arms like you're a fucking bird or something. So you look really fucking stupid while you're running. And you go around, you run around X amount of laps. And then after that, like, you can still like smell or like smell the fucking strong smell of the chemicals and stuff like that. But they make you like clean your equipment and stuff too. I know at that particular day, I got, we got fucked up, like, bad, and, uh, these other two people, they didn't get fucked up, cause, like, one guy, he was kinda going behind a bit, he, and someone went and helped him, so those two, they didn't get fucked up, but that one day, that is the one day that I will say I got genuinely mad, like, I didn't get genuinely mad at basic training a lot, since I have a, I have a long fuse, man, I have a super long fuse, but that day, I was pissed, there's one kid, like, you want a word of advice for future people? You want to weed out the weak motherfuckers. You want to just cut them. Like, I heard that piece of advice at the beginning. I was like, oh, nah, nah, no. You want to cut that dead weight. You want to leave them. You, like, if people don't want to be there, then fuck, help them not be there. It's like, I saw a lot of people with no motivation or anything, and it just pissed me off. But this one guy, he wasn't running or anything, and we just kept running back and forth between the trees to make a formation, and like, I'm out here, I'm trying my best, and I see this one guy, and he's just walking, being a fat piece of shit, and I, like, I just got mad, I, I blew up, there's a bunch of people behind me, and the guy was in front of me who was walking, and I just yelled, I exploded, I'm like, you stupid motherfucker, this is why we get fucked up all the fucking time, it's all your fucking fault, you fucking fat piece of shit, blah, 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 I, 
more fucking words were exchanged later just me one-sided just yelling at this kid and all these other people they saw me just be the nice guy and everything and like i just had my shit ready and all this stuff and i like to keep keep to myself but and then all of a sudden i exploded and they're just like oh my god they're just like looking and they're like what the fuck happened to this guy what the fuck happened and i'm just exploring on this kid but and like even the drill sergeant he looked at me and he was just like he just had this big ass smile on his face i was like fuck this shit it, it was a long day it was very physically exhausting especially like i was super hungry i ate i had to eat super fast and after eating i had to fucking run it was i was just mad it wasn't a good day it really wasn't holy cow uh, that's a lot to unpack just the you know quickness of it the fact I mean, the point that you make you know weed out the weak i mean you know in daily life don't do that i mean if someone's <laughs> dead weight if someone's dead weight maybe try and help them out a little and then you know if they're not i mean it's a good point if you're trying to help someone and they're not willing to accept that help it's not worth your time and effort to keep putting that effort in because if someone doesn't want it then you you can't get through i mean it's just a leadership term that we get a lot there's people that are there's you have the 10 percent that are all for it you have the 60 percent that are on the fringe and you have the 10 percent that don't or wait the 10 percent that are all for it <laughs> the 80 percent that are on the fringe and the 10 percent that don't want to do it at all if you focus all your time and energy on that bottom 10 percent that don't want to be there then you're missing the opportunity of the 80 percent that are on the fringe i don't think i got those percentages are correct but the point is is that you're not shooting for the person that is a total negative nancy you want the people that are on the fringe you want to convince people that want to be there and especially in the kind of military standpoint and state of mind you have to want to be there to be there because if you don't want to be there, you're not going to make it fun for anybody else. You're not going to make it fun for yourself. And why are you even there? I mean, we, you get asked that question a lot. I mean, in just leadership or even in the military, you're asked, why are you here? And it doesn't matter why you are. It matters what you do with it. It matters what kind of effort you're putting in, what kind of motivation you have. It doesn't matter like, oh, I'm in the military to get money, but I'm still doing a good job. I'm still contributing to my troop. I'm still doing a good job. That's the good part. It doesn't matter your kind of motivation. As long as you're doing a good job for the good of the people, your motivation could matter, okay? Um, the why isn't the big matter it's just what you do with it so i could be going there with the biggest gold heart in the world but i could be the most fat lazy piece of garbage and not do anything then i'm dead weight compared to the person who's just here for money and putting in all the effort in the world it's your effort actions speak louder than words your intentions aren't shown uh through just your face or your words your intentions are shown through your actions and then going on to just the quickness of your daily life uh scion what was it like having to just do everything so fast i mean i heard like the eating really quickly running pretty much everywhere and that kind of aspect i mean cleaning and then getting it checked immediately well, well, what is that like oh it was infuriating but like at the beginning okay yeah at the beginning it was maddening and you're like what the hell is going on but when you like obviously with everything if you do a lot of it you get used to it so at first layouts were a fucking nightmare they were absolutely terrible because you had to get everything the exact same as like 
everybody else. Everybody had to be on the same page. But what would happen is people like talk and stuff like that and then they keep changing shit. And then like when you keep changing shit, you obviously aren't gonna get everything the exact same way. So what we really had is we had someone set on one item and they would go around and they do that item. And that's like, if you have the same fucking person doing it, they're gonna do it basically the same, you know? But having everything, you know, just the quickness and rapidness of everything, like I said before, at first it was maddening and fucking stupid. Like one time I got pissed off because I couldn't make my, like, the one problem I had, like, I couldn't make my bed. I know that sounds stupid, but like, I I was getting mad because I couldn't make my fucking bed and we had to keep redoing and making our bed in a set amount of time. So it really taught us like, you know, if you give us a set amount of time, one person, like, they give you a set amount of time, so if one person does it, then obviously you aren't gonna fucking finish. But if you all work together and stuff like that, if you all, like, if everyone worked together, you can just complete all these, like, tasks so fucking fast. And I was really shown all of that, like, just the power of teamwork and having a whole bunch of people by your side. And that's really what it kind of is all about. And that's just, I mean, it's a really cool sentiment to talk about that, the idea of teamwork in that kind of a sense. I mean, in the military, you need it because you can't fight an army by yourself. You can't protect the people you love by yourself. You need people with you. I mean, in just daily life as well. Work as a team. Work with people, not against people. It's a good sentiment. I mean, we're taking, I might be taking random crap from the military right now, but just knowing that in your own life is very important being able to work as a team being able to cooperate is not just a skill in the military but it's a life skill that you need to have i mean if you're in high school like me you need it because what am i going to do if i you're going to have to do group projects you're going to have to do team uh presentations or stuff like that and if you can't cooperate with somebody then how do you expect to better yourself how do you expect to get a good grade on that i mean if you're academically focused it's very important to understand that skill and then also bringing that out of high school into the workforce the military you need it or else everyone's gonna hate you and maybe cyan will blow up on you and call you a fat sack of shit um or you're just not gonna get the job you want because you're not good at working with people i mean especially look at the service industry i have the utmost respect for people in the service industry the crap that they have to deal with you you look at a cashier and they have seen stuff they have seen things i am not going to lie to you there are people out there who make the most unreasonable requests but they have to deal with it on a daily so please another thing respect the people in the service industry your cashier your waitress your waiter whoever it is that is serving you you know your grocery bagger the person who's you know working that stand or whatever be nice because i'm sure they'll enjoy it being normal is good when you're doing monetary transactions being able to cooperate and talk to people as a person and not make unrealistic expectations is very important in the military in the workforce in your life in school next point i'd like to move on to is leadership leadership skills so i i heard when we were coming out um that people were calling you pg i mean you mentioned it before what is pg okay pg obviously is just the letters and shit but it's just short for platoon guide so for the last two weeks or whatever the fuck i had the most awesome position of leading the platoon so what being pg really consisted of was doing a lot i had a lot of remedial tasks though the sergeant tasked me to so i bring like a small task force to go fucking finish that so i didn't really have a lot of time with like the platoon 
but basically you're you're the leader you go down you get the information from the drill sergeants and everything and then you go and you tell the information to your little fucking buddies and your privates over there like that you're leading and oh my god some people can be stupid as shit and make your job fucking hard but i mean i'm i'm not like mean all the time i was trying to be chill but at that point like because they were becoming undisciplined as shit like i had to be pretty fucking strict and i had to be an asshole even though i didn't want to i hate being an asshole but like you get you just get these jobs and stuff like that you lead the platoon you're in charge of getting accountability of everything and if something fucks up like someone in your platoon fucks up it's your fucking fault and like it like i never i hated i fucking absolutely hated leadership positions i was the shy guy the guy who's staying in the back, I'm like, okay, yes, I follow orders. I am robot. I am ready to take and kill and do everything you want me to do, master, and shit like that. But, like, when I finally got the, like, leadership position, because for our job, we need to think more, and when you're, like, when you're the platoon guide and everything, you need to think a lot. Because I know for other people who are PG during other times, red face, you don't have to, you don't have to be smart at all, really. You can be dumb private and just work your fucking ass off and you can just work out and be fine but i know especially for the other phases like when we had to go to ftx we had to set up fucking the pg had to like tell the squad leaders the squad leaders had to tell everybody else like how they wanted it how we wanted our lines of fire to be and everything and after figuring out the lines of fire you needed to figure out like where the enemy will attack what will the enemy do because you had to go against, I know on one FTX, uh, well, sorry, I'll explain what FTX is first for people who don't know. Field training exercise. When you had to basically live out of your rucksack in the field and you had to make little like tents and camouflage your shit, you know? But, um, so going back on my topic, but you had to account for what the other platoons would do. You had to do a lot of thinking. You had to be like a strategist, where it's kind of like playing a strategy game, but real life. So, and just like you had to think about so much stuff, it's just really fucking. You had to think about so so many things, so many fucking things. Is it's honestly mind-boggling how much like thinking ahead, planning ahead, and like, because sometimes the drill sergeants wouldn't tell you stuff, and you just had to think for yourself. You had to be like, hey, this would probably be a good idea. Maybe I should fucking do it. Or you could just be that dumbass like, Drill Sergeant didn't tell me this. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, you had your people like that who wouldn't just go out of their box or like, you know, go out of their way and do anything. It's fucking dumb. I mean, another important thing, go out of the box, think for yourself. I mean, especially when you're, I mean, if you're a follower in that kind of a sense, like if you're following your job, if you're not at the top of the kind of food chain kind of a thing, don't just follow your orders go above and beyond on what you can do i mean everyone can do what they're told but the people that can do extra on top of that or do what they can do on top of that is very important i mean that's a skill that a lot of people look for it's a skill that i look for and you know friends and stuff like that someone that can not just only follow the rules but also expand and build on them i mean that's what was shown in the military in the sense that you're not going to be told how to do everything you can't live your life like oh i'm going to be told to do this 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 and this you're not going to always have someone on top of you in all of si- all of those situations and then i'd like to finish off with what you are because i don't feel like we really elaborate on it you are a cavalry scout and you said me 
medium calf scout. So you want to give us an explanation on what that actually is? Okay, so you'll find this in every goddamn description of my job. But so cavalry scout, 19 delta, uh, as they would say, we're basically the eyes and ears of the army. We're the eyes and ears of the commander. So we go out, we collect information on the enemy or the terrain, so then we can gain the advantage or we can know if something's fucking coming ahead of time. But so you have your different uh, cavalry setups, you have your different, well, I guess sections. You have light cav, medium cav, and big boy heavy cav. So light cav, that really consists of you're wrecking a lot, you're out in the woods and stuff like that. You work with the Humvee, basically, and that's that's really all you really work with, I think. But uh, you work with a Humvee and you go out and you're just on your feet a lot. You do a lot of like FTX, like I guess type shit. You're out in the field a lot. Medium cab, I guess you could do the same. Like it's just a little step above, you get an extra vehicle. Like you get to work with this. You work mostly with the striker, which my unit, Dark Raffles, Dark Raffles, uh, 81st Striker Brigade combat team. Mine's like all strikers, so that's perfect for me. I'm medium cab, I get to work with strikers, which. My platoon was heavy cav. Heavy cav, they aren't really on their feet that much, um, as from what I've heard. And they work with the Bradley, the Bradley fighting vehicle, which is like, people call it a tank. It's not a fucking tank, because uh, the rounds in that are, are like, they. it's not enough to be a tank. Like, it has the treads, and it has, like, I guess, kind of the armor, but no, it's not a fucking tank. Um, as I was saying before, yeah, they don't walk a lot. They mostly work with their vehicles and formations. I think they do a lot of route reconnaissance. There's there's different types of reconnaissance. You'd think like, oh, they just go out, scout that area. That hill is uh, pretty big. But no, fucking, you have to do route reconnaissance. Route reconnaissance consists of like mathematical equations. You calculate the radius of a slope. You, or not a slope, my bad. The curve, radius of a curve. And you also calculate slope. Um, and then you also calculate if there's any fords, ford sites, um, which is basically like a river or some shit like that, just going through. You have to calculate the velocity of this fucking stream. You have to calculate the depth of it, and you also have to get the contents of what it's made of, you know, at the bottom. And there's just, it's a one job, like, I guess in a general sense, but it can split into many different things. Thank you for that explanation. I was just clearing it up. So if you're ever thinking about the military, ask questions, talk to your recruiter. Um, you just learned a little bit about being a Cav Scout and the life of what being in the National Guard is, which is a branch of the Army. Uh, staying here over in Kent. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Sion, if you want to say bye to the peeps. Goodbye, guys. See you later. <laughs> All right, and with that, I'm going to end it. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.